Sefer Vayikra, Parshat Emor, on the death penalty. In Parshat Emor, meaning speak, God has Moses convey even more instructions for the Israelites. These include special rules for priests, timelines for Pesach, the Omer, Shavuot, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot, and last, punishments for crimes, such as blasphemy, murder, and bodily harm, the first two of which are prescribed the death penalty. Chapter 24, the first chapter of this Torah portion, tells the story of a man who amidst the fight pronounced the name of God in blasphemy. God tells Moshe to have him stoned to death, and the Parsha ends with the carrying out of this execution. Moshe speaks thus to the Israelites, and they took the blasphemer outside the camp and pelted him with stones. The Israelites did as Hashem had commanded Moses. Thousands of years later, this incident can be difficult to think about. Even the traditional interpreters understand that this doesn't line up with our current sensibilities. The Renaissance-era Italian commentator Ovadia ben Yaakov Sforno implied that the Israelites were somewhat reluctant to carry out the punishment. He wrote, they did not stone him as an act of revenge or because they hated the individual being stoned. They did it merely in order to fulfill God's commandment. But this sentiment goes back to far before the Renaissance. The Mishnah in Tractate Makot recounts a discussion among first century rabbis. It says, a Sanhedrin that executes a transgressor once in seven years is characterized as a destructive tribunal or a bloodthirsty court. Rav Elazar ben Azariah says, this categorization applies to a Sanhedrin that executes a transgressor once in 70 years. Rabbi Tarfon and Rabbi Akiva say, if we had been members of the Sanhedrin, we would have conducted trials in a manner whereby no person would have been executed. This is not because the rabbis wish to overturn the laws of the Torah, but because other Torah values must be held in tension with the prescription of the death penalty, which was intended in part to also preserve life. Moses Maimonides, in his Sefer Hamitzvot, instruct us to avoid potentially executing an innocent person, even when their guilt is almost certain. He directs our attention to the commandment in Exodus chapter 23. Keep far from a false charge. Do not bring death on those who are innocent and in the right, for I will not acquit the wrongdoer. It makes sense why, in very limited cases in the Torah, the death penalty would be prescribed. The presence of God was clear to all. God, God's self, was the one to tell Moshe that the death penalty was needed for this specific person. And the norms God was giving needed to be reinforced to have the power to last in perpetuity. Yet already by the time of the early rabbis, they knew that we could not sustain absolute justice as in the days of Moses. So the rabbis established an extraordinarily high standard of evidence, making it virtually impossible for the human court to ever execute someone. 
We should sympathize with the Torah's idea that death penalty is indeed warranted in principle. Responding to the anti-execution rabbis in the Mishnah discussion from earlier, Rav Shimon ben Gamliel, another early sage, said, in adopting that approach, they too would increase the number of murderers among the Jewish people. The death penalty would lose its deterrent value as all potential murderers would know that no one is ever executed. But as we get further and further from the biblical era, it becomes more and more imperative that we distance ourselves from taking into human hands a form of justice that was originally used at the direct discretion of God. Of course, our lives should still be driven by the biblical ethos. While these punishments were a product of the ancient world, the problem was not the idea that existed there, but the decline in total clarity as we've been further removed from the biblical period. So we've been tasked since then with coming up with alternatives. While the application of the Torah has necessarily changed over time, the instruction the Torah presents is timeless. In Tractate Sanhedrin in the Talmud, Rabbi Shimon asserts that can never be a stubborn, rebellious son, the kind that the book of Deuteronomy demands the execution of. Still, he finds meaning in the commandment, saying, there has never been a stubborn and rebellious son, and there never be, will be one in the future. And why then was the passage relating to a stubborn and rebellious son written in the Torah? So that you may expound upon new understandings of the Torah and receive reward for your learning. Today, especially in the United States, biases, racial injustices, and oftentimes a low bar for testimony can lead to false convictions of capital crimes. A 2014 study made a conservative estimate that 4.1% of death sentence convictions were erroneous. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. gave his thoughts on the death penalty in a 1957 article called Advice for Living. He wrote that capital punishment is against the best judgment of modern criminology and above all against the highest expression of love in the nature of God. And there remains a lively debate about the, the one time that the state of Israel used the death penalty when Adolf Eichmann, the man most responsible for the Holocaust, one might say, was hanged in Israel in 1962. The philosopher and Holocaust survivor Hannah Arendt in her book, Eichmann in Jerusalem, a report on the banality of evil explained her ambivalence about the Eichmann trial. Ultimately, she concluded that a just judge would have told Eichmann, just as you supported and carried out a policy of not wanting to share the earth with the Jewish people and the people of a number of other nations, as though you and your superiors had any right to determine who should and who should not inhabit the world, we find that no one that is no member of the human race can be expected to want to share the earth with you. This is the reason and the only reason you must hang. The legal systems in America, Israel, and elsewhere would benefit from the lessons of the Jewish tradition that while the death penalty is often warranted, it is rarely wise to use it. This week, near and far, we hear calls for the death penalty. We see executions about to occur. We should think wisely 
about our engagement as citizens in response to these moments. Shabbat Shalom.